Hey church family, I'm here to show you guys today how you can share our church content on social media platforms. The first is Facebook. All you gotta do is go and find the post you'd like to share. You hit the share button. There's a little spot you can say something about the post or you can just post it and all you have to do is hit the post button. The next is Instagram, which is my personal favorite. All you have to do is go to the post and there's a little paper airplane button below and you hit add this post to your story. And the last one I have is Twitter. All you have to do is go to the tweet, hit the little arrows and press the retweet button and it's that easy. Every time you share, it reaches a whole nother group of people that our page wouldn't reach on its own. And this is just another way you can spread the gospel at your fingertips every day. engineer Larry and we have some volunteer opportunities that we would love to tell you about. Yes what we're looking for is some people with some technical ability that also have an ear for both sound and music. If that's you you can go out to the Welcome Center get an application fill it out and turn that in and then we can get back with you. Absolutely so just fill out the application if you want to be a part of our team there's many places that you can serve and it ranges from beginner to expert. So please just fill out application. We'd love to contact you and be a part of the worship team. Hi there, church family. Hey, this is an update from the farmer's market down here in Sydney, Ohio at the Court Square, where we're giving away free hot dogs, chips, and water each Saturday. We've been giving away approximately 160 hot dogs waters and chips every week and we're out here every saturday from eight to noon we're ministering to everybody that comes around the court square it's just not the needy it's just people in general and we're showing them the love of christ through being here and we've been here a number of years and they love the consistency we have a good response so i'd like to see you come out and help us at this point this is a great opportunity for you to come down into our community as a church and to reach out and touch people in the name of jesus it's just a good hands-on thing to do so if you're interested in helping, please sign up at the welcome desk. Hello, family of faith. How are you guys doing tonight? Don't you love Wednesday night service? I love Wednesday nights. All right, I want you guys to turn to one or two people. If there's no one in your row, find somebody. And tell them you're glad to see them in church tonight. And also, I'd love to welcome the live streamers. We're so glad you're with us. Leave a heart in the comments below so we know that you guys are watching. And the next thing I have is if you're a first-time guest, we would love to meet you tonight. There is a Connect card in front of you on the pew, um, and you can just fill it out and drop it in the offering bucket or bring it out here to the welcome desk. We'd love to just talk to you and get to know you tonight. Um, the first thing I have is the church will be open for prayer um, Monday through Thursday through the end of August, and you can get those specific times on social media or out at the Welcome Center. And the next thing I have is, do I have any kitten people here tonight? Well, Sunday, their, build, their new building is opening, their grand opening. So exciting, right? So they're going to have a celebration service that we can all come and support them because we're one big family, amen? And we are so excited for what God is doing in our campus churches. So remember, Sunday night, 630 at Kenton in their new building, we are going to celebrate together with them and praise the Lord. All right, you guys, get on your feet tonight. You guys ready to praise Jesus tonight, amen?
Which is great, which is beautiful. But let's look at it a little differently. Is something broken inside you? Is something broken on the inside? That maybe when the Lord would touch you, it would change. Is there something broken in the way you see things? In the filter that everything goes through, the hurt that everything goes through? that maybe when the Lord touches it, it will change. Because I'm telling you tonight, why not right here in August on a Wednesday night? Why not right here? Why not right now? Because you see, it said in the word that when Jesus healed, he healed them all. It doesn't say he picked and chose who he healed. It says he healed them all. I can tell you for me, I love Jesus. I work here at the church. I'm passionate about Christ. I'm passionate about worship. It's who I am. But I can tell you there's something, there's a situation in my life that looks hopeless. But with Christ, it's not. With one touch from the Lord, it's not. And why not right now? Why not right now can something be healed? Because I'm telling you, that's faith. When you say, tonight is my night. I'm not going out of here the same way I came into here. I understand it's a Wednesday night. I understand it's the end of summer, that we're tired. But let me tell you, if you're doing something halfway, that's not the night tonight. Because I'm here to get a touch from the Lord. I'm here to say, why not right now? Why not right here? He can do it. He can do it. He's the God who can do it. Why not here? Why not now?
if that's you tonight, if there's a situation that you can say, I need a touch tonight, would you lift your hand all over this building? Come on, brothers and sisters, we need each other, amen. Come on, reach out and touch your miracle tonight. He's here, church. He's here. If there's someone around you that has their hands raised and you do not, begin to intercede for them. Begin to pray for them. We're the family of faith. We value relationships around here. Why? Because we want to know God. We want freedom for our brothers and sisters. Amen? Begin to pray for someone that has their hand lifted. Father, you see the need tonight. You see the need tonight, Lord. And we, as your church, say tonight, right here, right now, right here, right now, we need a miracle. Right here, Father. Right now, Father.
good to worship with y'all. Can I just say that? It's so good. Just to sit in his presence for a minute. Well, I get the wonderful opportunity to take up tithe and offering tonight. A continuation of our worship here at Only Believe. So I want to talk to you about how does your giving grow? We in Ohio are about to walk into harvest times, and all the farmers say amen. <laughs> it is a good time in Ohio. It is the time of harvest. And all the farmers here are about to see the fruit of their labor. But let me ask you a question. What did it start with? A seed. A simple seed grew into a harvest here in Ohio. So, what is your tithe and offering? It's seed. It's seed that's sown. So let me read this to you. Let me read 2 Corinthians 9, 10, and 11. It says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You see, our wallet and our accounts, because I know lots of us don't carry wallets. We have a debit card and our accounts are like a bag of seed. And Pastor Nicole has taught a message on seed. Does anyone remember her message? Yeah, where she had the big bag of seed and she's throwing the seed out. You see, that's our tithe and our offering. It is seed, and when you plant that seed, it will grow. So when you plant seed in this house at Only Believe, I promise you it will grow. It is good ground and good soil. This is a kingdom principle, sowing and reaping. How many of you can say that the reason that you're saved and here is because someone has sowed a seed for you? Now, it might not be just a monetary seed. It could be a grandma on her knees praying for you, praying for your soul. It can be a mom that won't let go because, listen, moms don't let go. They don't give up too easily. They hold on to the promise of the Lord that my household shall be saved. That is a seed, and it will come to fruition. It will come to fruition. So here at Only Believe, your giving grows into life's changed. We all see salvations here. We all hear testimonies of stories of people here whose lives have been changed. And I'm telling you tonight, your giving grows into lives that are changed for the Lord. Amen. So at the end of this verse, it says, and it will result in thanksgiving to God. So tonight when we give, let's do it in thanksgiving. It's a party because your seed is going to bring life's change. And every time you hold that seed in your hand, I would declare it by faith. This is a life changed, whether it be in this house, whether it be in my family, whether it be in nations all across this world, this seed will result in life's changed. Amen. Okay, let's pray tonight over your tithe and offering. Father, I thank you, Lord for the opportunity to come to this house, for the opportunity to sow and give 
above and beyond. I thank you, Father, that we do it tonight in our hearts with thanksgiving, with gladness, and with joy, Father. It's such an honor to be a small part of your kingdom. It's such an honor to give tonight. Lord, I pray you bless every seed back. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So if you would stand to your feet, bring your tithe and offering down with thanksgiving. I was thinking as Ashley and the team was singing that song that I wonder if Paul and Silas were singing that song when they broke out of prison. Think of the fear that tried to grab their hearts, right? Think of Daniel in the lion's den and how he didn't bow to what he had every right and every reason to be afraid of. I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I was reading prior to doing my message. I thought I was going to do a message on them specifically, but God led me to the beginning because had the idol worship been a problem in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's life, there would have been no fourth man in the fire. Amen. Now I'm going to tell you right now, they were singed up and gone, Amen. right? But often the fear that had to have tried to grip those men's heart in these trials and tribulations. Think of where we are today, right? Not a, not a real hopeful situation that looks out there, but lives filled with hope. Chains fall. Fear bow at the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen? Sometimes we need to remember about the God that we serve and stop looking at the problem that's in front of us and start looking to the God that can fix it all. Amen? Amen. Amen. Tonight I want to speak to you about some commandments in the Bible that I feel like we often overlook or we think of those are the back then commandments. You know, we, we get the thou shalt not kill. We get honor thy mother and father and all those, but but there's the back then commandments. You know, those aren't really for today, but they are. I keep kicking something around. Rocks. There's rocks up here or mud or something. Anyways, kick rocks. That's a saying for those of you. Never mind. Okay, let's start in Exodus 20, the third, the third verse tonight. I want to read this to you. And I'm starting in the third verse because I want to establish some foundation tonight. So um, here's what it says. Exodus 20, the third chapter. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. So I just want to stop right there, because before we go on any further, I want to say, for anyone under the sound of my voice, in live stream, whether you're on Twitter, whether you're watching on Instagram, whether you're on Facebook tonight, there is only one true God. 
and I'm going to prove that to you tonight. So before we get started into the big part of our message, we're going to go to Corinthians because I feel like we need to identify that there is only one God. And if we don't believe that, then the other verses that follow in Exodus, you're not going to believe. Okay, so 1 Corinthians, the 8th chapter, the 4 through 6, we're going to read. It says, As concerning, therefore, the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and that there is none other God but one. For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many, but to us, to you and I, to the Christian, there is but one God, the Father of whom all things, that means everything we see, and we in him and one Lord Jesus Christ by whom all things and we by him. Now, that scripture states there's many gods. There's many, many, many gods. And the earth, we know that, right? We hear of them. We hear of Hades. We hear of Poseidon. We hear of Buddha. We hear of Allah. All these different gods. But for you and I, it doesn't matter how many are listed in the world. It doesn't how many they list that the world or earthly things think are heavenly. There's one true God, right? One true God. Everything else is false. Buddha's false. Allah's false. If that's a God that you worship, I would be more than happy to pray with you and introduce you to a God that brings life, one that brings liberty, one that has power, amen, in his name. See, the Bible says that I am the way, these are in red letters, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not I am one of the ways, not that I'm one of the ways, but I am the way, the truth, and the life. So do we believe that there's only one God for you and I? That's who we serve. All right. So now we can lay down the rest. So let's go back to Exodus. The fourth verse. It says, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Now that word make right there means to appoint something or let it have charge over you. The any graven image, the word image is just an idol. That's what it's called. Or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down, depress one's knee, fall prostrate before thyself to them, nor serve them. That word serve means to be enslaved. For I am the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Now, this word jealous God refers to that jealousy of a husband and wife. In other words, I love you so much that I don't want your affection to be compared to mine and someone else's. My affection is what matters. My attention is what matters. Wives in the house tonight, do you expect your husband to be showing any other woman 
the same amount of affection as he shows you. Bad news. Bad news, men. If that's you, you are not sleeping in the bed tonight. You'll be sleeping on the couch. And women, we're not afraid to tell them that we don't like that, are we? We will state our mind. Well, that's what we're reading tonight. See, the Lord has written commandments that said, I don't want your affections to be on someone else. And there's a reason. See, we have a covenant with our Lord. We have this divine covenant that you and I made when we became Christians. And we said, we will set our affections upon you and none other. And we'll set you first in our lives. See, when we tithe in this church, we set him first over our money right when we parent in this church we set him first over our family by keeping our priorities right starting with our wallets starting with a relationship with christ right so in all things we are meant to keep him first and not create any idol or image now the word idol simply means a thing everybody say a thing anything you love more than God. Anything that satisfies your heart more than God. Anything that drives your passion and your desire more than God is an idol. How about anything that we submit our members to more than God is an idol. So for example, let's talk about a girlfriend how much attention do we pay for that girlfriend where do we place her in what matters in our life how about being satisfied with people's approval rather than God's approval how many times have you found yourself in that trap and all you're doing is seeking you often hear I'm seeking my parents approval well, let me tell you something. I've taught my kids for a long time. There's only two people's opinion that matters of you. And that's God and mine. And he trumps mine and says if mine matters or not. Bottom line, that's it just how it works. It, you can't seek man's approval. Man's approval will shift like the sea. But God's approval is forever, right here, written in his word. You can read it and you'll know exactly what he expects of you. How about success in your life, your job? or being satisfied with sexual things more than you are with the things of God. Hobbies, food, entertainment. Listen, the things go on and on and on. And for each one of us, that thing can be different in every one of our lives. But we often discount these commandments because we don't sit and carve a wooden image that looks like a dollar bill. Yet some of us work 70 to 80 hours a week worshiping the dollar because we can't get enough. We can't get a big enough house. We can't buy an expensive enough car. And we constantly have to have more, 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 more. And we're never satisfied with where we are. And our life becomes literally working towards things or idols in our life. Let's move forward to the New Testament, and let me show you some things. Let's go to Colossians 3, 2 through 5, 
Now, most of you are reading in the King James Version tonight, and I'm going to read this one out of the NIV. But I want to remind you, in 1 John 5, 21, it says very simply, Dear children, as if it were a love letter from God himself, Dear children, keep yourself from idols. Simply put, keep yourselves from idols. Now, in Colossians 3.25, I want to read this tonight in the NIV because as I was looking at it, your version says, set your affection. Correct? David, you got the King James. That's a set your affection on things. The NIV took the Hebrew word in its place and put it there, and it means mind. So here's what it says. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. So we see that idol worship is not just something of the old but it transferred into the new. Those 10 commandments, you can find support for every single commandment in the New Testament that you can in the old. Now, you won't find all 10 listed in perfect order like you did in Exodus and Deuteronomy. Remember, there were two times they were written because the first time they were cracked and thrown down on the ground. We had to go back up a second time and get them and come back down. That was Moses, for those of you that are not aware of the story. But we can find support all through the New Testament about these. So what does modern-day idol worship look like? That was the things I talked to you about. Again, we're not craving, we're not carving out wooden images of what these things look like. They're things in our lives today. See, back then, they didn't have exercise in gym. They didn't have televisions with hours of Netflix that just keep running and running and running and running, which I got to be honest with you, it's a great thing to have when maybe you're not feeling well and you're on the couch or you're quarantined for two months. That's a great thing to have. But they didn't have that back then. So idol worship looked different than it did, than it does today, right? Does that mean the word of God changed because it looks different? No, the culture changed. So when we've changed in the culture, right? So we have to take the things of the old, bring them into the new and say, how does this compare to what I'm going through right now? Now, here's, here's what it is. Desires and greed is what the NIV said right back there. Equal idolatry, okay? But it starts out in the heart. It starts out with a craving. It doesn't start out with greed. It starts out with this gentle craving, wanting more, enjoying and being satisfied by something else other than the things of the Lord. Now I'm telling you, we have all fallen in this trap. Every single one of us deal with an idol in our life somewhere, someplace. The question is, will you and I be honest and identify that we have an idol because that's where we get into trouble. See, we have to ask ourselves some questions like, where is your mind 
throughout the day? What are you thinking on? Is your mind really set on the things above, like Colossians told us? Or is it set, and let me just be real, I'm just going to talk right to it right now, or is it set on the earthly things that are happening in the world right now? Because I'm going to tell you, that's a gruesome look right now. It can be scary. It can be overwhelming. It can be frustrating, aggravating, make you angry. There is every emotion from A to Z when you look at the things in the earth right now. Where do you spend your time? Where do you invest your time? Do you give God the leftovers of your day when you're exhausted and there's five minutes left and you know you have to think on something about God so you give him one scripture because that's all I got time for. Now listen, I'm not trying to be legalistic and say that if you work eight hours a day, you got to give eight hours a day. I'm not saying that. But if what you're spending with God is not enough to outweigh the earthly things that you think about, that you spend your time on, that you spend your money on, that you set your affection on, and that you constantly have an inner dialogue about what's happening in this earth and not about what's happening in the heavenlies and what God wants you to accomplish, what he wants you to do, what he thinks, what he's asking you to give up, or what he's saying, David, come away with me. Then whatever that thing is that you're thinking about is an idol. Some of us right now, the pandemic, you've made an idol. You, you can't miss one two o'clock Mr. DeWine talking or, or whatever it is. And you can't, listen, I get about being informed. But if it begins to consume every single thought and the choices you're making in your everyday life are just about a pandemic, then you've got your affection set on the wrong thing right now. And I'm telling you, we've got to reboot and get the idol of what the devil has placed out in front of us and say, come back and quit worshiping what is in the earth and come back to what I've called you to worship. Amen. Right? So we've got to be sure that what we're looking at and what we're hearing and what we're spending our money on is not on the earthly things that's drawing us away. For instance, let's look at money. I want to turn to Job 31. Now you're going to go back in your Bible, for those of you that might not know where it's at. I had to search a little bit. I got to be honest with you, that's not a book I like to read. I'm just going to let you know. That, that book is, whoo, a lot of suffering in that book. Just let me say that. I know it's supposed to have a good ending, but still. Anyways, Job 31, 24, I want to read this to you. It says, if I have made gold my hope or have said to the fine gold, thou art my confidence. If I rejoiced because my wealth was great and because my hand had gotten much. Skip down to 28. This also were an iniquity to be punished by the judge, for I should have denied the God that was above, the God of money, the God of wanting more, the God that wasn't pleased up top, and the judge in that was our God. You're an I God today, the true judge, the just 
God. That's what he was saying. Then I should have denied what was up three verses earlier. Because I, money would have become God. We know the scripture, Matthew 6.24, the word says that you cannot serve two masters. You can't serve God and you can't serve mammon, right? We've heard that. How about pleasures in this world? They can also be idols. You, you know how many people I know have bought a lake house and never come back home? <laughs> oh, Pastor Peter and Phyllis, we just, you know, we're, we're just going to go down to the lake. We feel like we just need to get away and, and, and we're going to spend, oh, just a month. We'll be back home. They buy that lake house and they never come back. They never come back. And you know what? They offer for us to come down and stay there, but they're not in church anymore. We said, did you find a good church? No, no, we've just been watching till we read our Bible every day. Listen, you can't forsake the assembly for pleasure. I don't know what someone told you retirement was. Retirement is, okay, you don't have to work. That's great. You've put back enough money that you can do that. But retirement don't mean that you get to forsake the assembling of the church and do church in your house on Sunday morning because you and I still need each other. You and I still have to be one with another. There's still community in the church. That's beautiful that you don't have to work. But let's work for the kingdom. Let's be about the Lord's business. Retirement means that now you don't have to work an earthly job, but you get to step into the kingdom's work full time. What a joyful day when you don't have to show up to a place and burn oil and all you have to do is wake up and ask God, what do you want to do today? Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be joyful? We can't make pleasures of this world an idol. See, it's one thing to come home and watch a television show to relax. It's another thing, hear me, That if you don't get that television show, you're ticked off at the entire family and now they're paying for the price because you didn't get the comfort that you wanted because what you really did was made your comfort the idol versus anything else. See, you want to be comfortable in the pleasures that you have when you want them, how much you want them, and you want to indulge in what you have. How many of you have caught yourself on social media and before you know it's been an hour? Oh my gosh, the message Randy taught a couple weeks ago, oh Lord, like we should set a timer. Set a timer when you get on Facebook and go, okay, I'm going to give 10 minutes to catch up with what's happening with my friends and family. But after that, I'm out. Because before you know it, you've done watched a television show and a movie and a podcast. and, And before you know it, you've wasted it all. Philippians 3.18 19 through 20, 19 and 20. Let's read that because I want to talk to you about this scripture tonight. This is a good one too. And I'm doing this just to get you aware of what some of these idols can be in our lives because I think we overlook a lot of these things. All right, so where am I at? 3, 18 and 20. Jeez, can't see up here. All right, it says, For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you, even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, 
whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, whose mind, who mind earthly things. What in the world? Did you just hear that? Now listen, their God is their belly. Now, this has multiple readings, multiple meanings. I looked it up in the Hebrew, in the Greek, everything in between. It can mean an empty cavity. It can mean gluttony. It can mean Listen to this, you ready? It can even mean that you have this hunger for sinful appetite and you fill it and fill it and fill it and fill it till you're overflowing with sinful nature. Now that's a lot, isn't it? Think of what your belly does. It eats and as soon as it eats, what, three, four hours later, it wants more. It wants more. It wants more. It doesn't tell you to, it wants more. It never stops. I go to bed sometimes, I'm hungry. I get up, I'm hungry. It drives me every single day. If I don't eat, I will die. Your carnal man, the carnal man wants to fill its belly and it become a God in your life. It wants you to partake just of one sinful nature, Dave. Just one. Because he knows if he can get you to just taste of a pleasure. Just once. I'll get David on the lake. I'll get him to believe he's got enough money to buy a lake house, and then I'll snatch him out of the house of God, and I'll absorb him into the pleasure of lake life. And I'll tell him everything's going to be happy, honky-dory, and then your boat's going to break down, your houseboat's going to get a leak, you're all going to fall in the lake, and you're going to be coming back home. Because I know it, because I'm going to be on that boat with you for a week. (laughs) Just a week, but I'm coming back home. Listen, he's trying to establish rule in your life so he can set up an idol and get you hooked on pleasures. But look at verse 20. Look at this, this is huge. For our conversation is in heaven. What? Let's read that again. For our conversation is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. When was your last conversation about heavenly things and not about what's happening? Yeah, I heard John say, "Uh uh-oh, I'm with you, I'm with you. My lunchroom was filled with that today. And then I read this scripture. Listen, the scripture above us, the ones who had the God of their belly were thinking on earthly things. But our conversation has to shift. We got to shift and talk about heavenly things. And when your conversation shifts, your heart will follow the shift. You won't have to worry about everything else. Because when your mouth opens and speaks the word, which is life, seed, which Ashley was talking about, God gives seed to the sower. He gave you words from the Bible that get in your heart and they're written on your heart. When trial and tribulation comes, you speak forth seed. It hits the ground. It grows up and turns into a changed situation. What if we spoke as much about the situation happening today from God's point of view instead of man's point of view? Could we change it? Thank you. See, we've got to talk about the things of the heaven. Listen, idolatry is a slippery slope. Let's go to Romans. I'm going to show you. 
It starts. It starts with yielding yourself to something else, but watch where it goes. And it goes fast, real fast. It says, where, let's start in 24. Let's start in 24 back. No, 21. 21. I want to give you enough of the context of the scripture that you know what it's talking about. It says, because that, it was talking about the invisible things above, but it starts to change right here. Listen to this. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Now, they knew him, but they didn't glorify him as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. Their minds were no longer set on who he was. They forsook him, started thinking about other things, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies who changed the truth of God into a lie. So what they did was they made carved images, right? Changed the truth of God into a lie and made a false God. Remember we had learned in the beginning that anything that is not God is false. Every other God is false. And served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up unto this followed after idol worship. Vile affections, for even their women did change their natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of a woman, burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men, working that which was unseemly and receiving to themselves the recompense for the error that was meant. You can read through the rest of the chapter. Listen to what we have. We have greed, shameful lust, envy, strife, deceit, on and on and on, all because... They simply began worshiping the creation instead of the creator and changed their image of God. Every day you and I are tempted to change the image of God. Every day we are tempted to be God in our own lives. Every day the devil tries to tempt you to take your life into your own hands and do what you want to do. Do what feels good to you. Do what you want without praying. You don't need to ask God what he thinks about that. Every day the devil tries to make you God in your own life and get you to live a prideful life instead of a humble, submitted life to him as we know we hear in James. Every day there's a challenge and there's a fight between who will have more attention today. You or God. Things or God. Money or God. Pleasure or God. I'm going to wrap up. If we don't identify where there's an idol in our life, then everything that we just read in the scripture before can be ours because once the slope of disobedience starts and you remove God from that place of authority in your life and you put something that's false 
in its place, then every evil work has its way with us. What if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had been a god of their own life and thought they knew best? There wouldn't have been a story. Good point, Randy. He, he gave me that line. There wouldn't be a story that you and I would be reading about today. Because the story would have been about falling to idol worship. But see, we think that because it's in the Old Testament and we're not sitting with whittle sticks and knives, that it doesn't pertain to us. Oh, it very much pertains to you and I. And we have to be careful that we don't give our lives up to something else. Here's what I want to talk to you. I said all of this today because of this. There's hope. There's hope. Because it's as simple as this. For you and I as Christians, keeping God set in that place is important, right? First Thessalonians, it's going to be the last scripture I go to tonight. For, well, no, it won't be. I lied. But let's go to 2 Timothy. Because I, I want to talk about this for you. Because I think it's important. Especially in today's time and age. 2 Timothy 3. 1, 2, 3, and 4. It says, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous. This word is what meant desirous and greedy, which equaled idolatry. That was covetous. That's what that means. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. What is that? Remember that commandment that we can find in the New Testament that was back in the Old Testament? unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Idolaters. Idolaters. In those days, in these times, this is what will happen. Church, we have to be prepared. We have to be ready. We have to be searching. Holy Spirit, help us. Open our minds and let there be nothing as significant as you in my life. Let me not worship, fall prostrate, bow to anything that is not of you. Nothing should have more precedent in my life. No one's opinion should matter more than God's. No one's will for my life should matter more than God's. No one. 1 Thessalonians 1, 9 and 10, this will be my last scripture, says this. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Now, Paul is writing to the church, and he's saying that you were an inspiration to me when I saw and heard. Because in verse 8 it says, For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia, but in Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God warned is spread abroad so that we need not speak anything. For they themselves shown that they had turned away from idols and took on the things of God. Now watch this though. It says, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Do you believe there is wrath coming? 
Do you believe that the book of Revelation is true? Do you believe that we are probably pretty much on the beginning of the end? Do you believe this is perilous times? Do you believe that we are, as the church, are probably taking a little bit more persecution than we've ever had before? Let me tell you something. The only way to be delivered from the wrath ahead is to stay in a place where God is the supreme, the only image that we worship in our lives. We've got to get our minds off of earthly things. We've got to shift and put our focus on what he is. And I'm telling you, everything is fighting for your attention. Everything is trying to divide you. Everything is trying to get you to fight. Everything is trying to not get you to love. Everything is trying to strip you from what you've been taught your whole life. I've seen fortified Christians 40, 50 years in start doubting their faith in this season. The church shall not be shaken. We will stand up. We will look at our lives. We will judge ourselves so that we are not judged. And we will remove anything that stands in our way from seeing God. Amen? Now, this is it, and I finish. What image you focus on? The book of Genesis says that you and I were made in his image. Let us make them, you and I, in our image, right? Three in one, let us make them in our image, our likeness. Whatever image you put before you every day, every day, every day, is the image that you will project. You want to look at money? You want to think about money all day? You will become a greedy person by looking at it and seeking it and searching it and chasing it. The image that you look at and put before you is what you will project. Are you projecting Jesus? Are you projecting his likeness in this season? I got to be honest with you. I've had some idols. I've had some idols. I didn't realize until my son went to college. I think I made parenting an idol. Did you say something over there? You're a spectator. This is not the participation time. What I'm saying is, hear me out. Is it possible that as mothers, we lose our identity in our children? And when our children leave, where did my identity go? He's still my kid. I'm still his mother. My role didn't change. I'm still the one that birthed him. Don't even say you helped do that, because you didn't. <laughs> my role didn't change, yet my identity has been shaken. I don't want my identity to be in earthly things. Even my children, though God gave them to me, I wasn't meant to lose myself inside of them 
and avoid other parts of my life because I was good at that. Come on. Come on. Now, there's some moms I'm out there talking straight to. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't cry when they leave. I'm not saying that it doesn't hurt when they get married and walk out. It, I'm sure it does. Life changes. But I have to check my heart and say, Lord, I think I valued that maybe a little bit more than I should have. And I think you were probably more a part of my parenting than I was. And I wanted the credit. My kids are only good because we raised them in the ab initia of the Lord. Amen. That's it. That's it. That's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. And I did the best I could, and God did all of the rest, and then Randy came in on the side. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He, he pulls in the father card when he needs it. Our actions are to be like Christ. Amen. If you see a likeness in you come out, that doesn't look like Christ, you need to chase it back to where the idol is. You'll find it, and the Holy Spirit will lead you. Amen. All right, everybody stand to your feet. You say, Nicole, why did you teach something like that? Because I think right now, <clears throat> though I don't think we're in a position like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I think that we could be in a very short period of time. Amen. And I'm teaching you as a church that more than ever, your faith needs to be fortified. Today, and, really and your shores you need to be shored up and locked tight. Day, and so your faith sure strong in the Lord. But if there is anything between you and him, and he's not in his right place, then he can't be in the fire with you. Amen. Do you understand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not afraid of what was to come. They were afraid if they bowed to the idol. We've got to look at our lives and say, yes, we believe God's with us, but I'm just going to be real. If that life isn't holy, if that life isn't sanctified and set apart and selfishness put away and your own selflessness gone and he's the sole priority in your life, you won't have the story like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There will be smoke and you will smell burned. I don't want to be in that situation. We've been having conversations with our kids. You gotta be ready. You gotta be ready to endure, endure a little suffering. Come on, you don't get all the good parts of Jesus without the suffering. I'm just, just gonna be real. Did anybody read how he died? But we all say we wanna be like Christ. He was crucified. Let's search this week. Let's search, we're in prayer, right? It's Wednesday night. Let's take some time. It's 8.16. Let's take five minutes, just five minutes, and say, Holy Spirit, search my heart. Search my heart. Monday was fasting, Wednesday's prayer, and Friday we get to praise him for what he's done. So tonight, let's take this time and just pray and say, God, reveal to me 
Is there something that I've put in your place? Is there something that I've made more important than you? Is there something I'm laying down parts of my life to that I shouldn't? And if so, just gently nudge me and I'll get rid of it. Because I don't want that place. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. God, we submit ourselves to you tonight. Holy Spirit, have your way. God, I ask you to move in and about and through this crowd tonight, Father. Speak to our hearts. God, begin to reveal or remind us what you revealed during the message. God, that we had yielded our heart to. God, that once was yielded to you. Is there something that we've created in our life that we worship? We'd give our life for. Maybe it's food, entertainment, hobbies that have replaced our time with you. Father, reveal these things to us tonight. Father, we repent. We turn from our wicked ways. We turn from those ways, God, and we ask you to heal our land. Heal our land, God. Father, we set our eyes and our minds on the things above. We keep our conversation about you. We speak about your word, your promises, your scripture, your way, your truth. Father, awaken us to the awareness in our hearts right now, in Jesus' name, that we would see what you see, God, so we could turn and change. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. All right. Now, church, you pray tonight. Do not forget Friday is praise day. If God showed you something tonight or shows you something tomorrow or Friday morning, praise your way to victory and freedom of the things that you fasted for, you prayed for, and now we're praising him for. Amen. It's an act of faith. I love you all. Pastor will see you. We will all see you on Sunday, but pastor's going to have a great message. Don't forget, it's next step two on Sunday morning. See you then. Joy, come